Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got David. Hello, Spoop Kids. Hello. Also <laughs> known as Nightly. Freddy is still not here. Hopefully, we will see him soon. We're trying to figure out some scheduling stuff, but yeah. We are still a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So with the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelop you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. Fuck yeah. All right, to end off this month that we got going on over here, this is the month of the new black. As I stated at the beginning of the month, that this mainly was going to be about horror films that have uh, no black stereotypes, pretty much. So throwing all that shit out the window, we got none of that in anything that we cover it. So this has been exciting. <laughs> it's been nice to see this n- nice little pivot that we've been seeing with horror films and black characters in horror lately. So very, very happy about that. But the film we are going to be talking about has to come after I shout out our patrons because we got to give a special shout out to Frank, Kit, Kristen, Laura, Bragalock, Spencer, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Alexis, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, Cheyenne, Carrie, Stu, Anna, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, also known as the Silent Night, also known as our podcast manager, Scary Stuff Podcast, Patrick, uh, Willow, Jessica, Jared, Jasmine, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last but certainly not least, Freddie. Man, oh fucking man. Thank y'all so much for seriously funding this dream of ours. It's been nuts having you all kind of be there for us and supporting us. Uh, And it almost feels like day one. I know a lot of y'all have been here and just kind of like waiting to support and and finally kind of making that, that turn. So thank y'all so much for doing that. We are, uh, we have a lot of things that we want to do that are in the works. And because of your help, we're getting that much closer to do those things. So thank y'all so much. Truly, 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 truly. Now the film that we are going to be ending off this month with, is none other than, which is a Ghoulish Night Select. That's what we're that's what we're calling these Ghoulish Night Selects. That's a good. That's a good like title, right? Right. Yeah. So this was a certified Ghoulish Night Select. Jordan Peele's. Nope. First and foremost, David, thoughts. I want to start off by saying that I think Jordan Peele made this movie just for himself. <laughs> I feel like he, it's his third movie, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to make this shit for me. <laughs> this is and, my uh, movie. Yeah. And uh, because I, you know, I've, 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 I'm a Peel fan. Um, I think he's like a modern day auteur. And uh, I've seen interviews where like, even before um, us, right? After Get Out, you would watch interviews about the things that he wanted to create. And I feel like this isn't a culmination of that. Um, yeah, I really enjoy this movie, and this was my—I will say—my third time watching it. 
Nice. The first time I watched it, I watched it in theaters. I had to leave, uh, slapped out in the middle and um, watched it again maybe a couple weeks later at home. And mm-hmm. I think it was just too soon after. I was like, oh, I already know the first half, so I don't really need to pay attention. And then like, sure. what, oh, this is the point that we left off at. So let me hop back in again. I watched it with subtitles this time around. I really got into the minute details of the whole movie. Um, and this was the best viewing experience I had watching Nope. And I this, really, really this enjoyed time it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I really enjoyed it. I was just like in the right setting, was able to immerse myself. And I, mm-hmm. you really see a lot of the setup that is, um, well, lack of a better term, set up for moments <laughs> that will come throughout the movie. So it was great. Going in with some experience of watching it already, knowing what's coming and keeping an eye out for those sort of things. Um, I think this movie gets, I mean, this might sound a little biased because of my experience with it, but it, it feels better after watching it at least once or mm-hmm. twice because you notice a lot more. Whereas the first time I watched it, I was like, what's going on? Right. But I think that's the whole <laughs> point. Um, right. it's a great extraterrestrial film. Um, I think it has a, a message about, uh, Kind of like what people will do to to get to almost get clout, go viral, um, yeah. and um, it makes commentary on in relation to that. People can't help but want to keep their eyes on things that are spectacles or d- disturbing, right? And in relation to that, that is what gets people views and whatnot and it it could be on a commentary of like well this is from a generation of social media being so first in our minds but with characters like antlers um he he kind of represents the old school that like of cinematographers photographers what it may be even from ages past it was always about getting that thing that would have you remembered in history books and and it really speaks on like how like humans have always been like this they've always wanted to see crazy shit disturbing shit they wanted to see spectacles even if it puts them in harm's way right like people are just designed to have that desire to like discover something that'll make them special or like to say they did it first and i think that is what's really cool about this movie when you watch it in that lens Absolutely. Or to even like watch someone do something extravagant, right? I mean, that, that was like the whole concept of like jackass, right? Yeah. I mean, watching someone do something just so completely bonkers just to say like, oh yeah, no, I seen that. That shit was fucking crazy. And, you know, the, the folks who are involved in it as well uh, do get that cloud aspect that they're looking for. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that is 100% what, this, what the metaphor is for uh, Nope. And I know a lot of people have clarified and, and made sense of it to, to where the point that like, yes, that is what it is. It is about spectacle. It is about how uh, people will are willing to do anything they want to kind of get that ability to have clout. Um, and what was funny about this is the fact that uh, there was a, a review, quote unquote, by um, Jake Paul on Twitter about Nope, about him uh, saying how bad of a movie it was, and he had all these points. Uh, like it was a whole thread long tweet of all these points that he was trying to make on how bad the movie was, and 
the like people were retweeting it was like the movie's literally about you like <laughs> like, <laughs> like like the movie is literally about YouTubers trying to get clout or people in general trying to get clout and doing anything to obtain that. So like the movie is about you. It, it is literally a metaphor on you. So I thought that was just super interesting. Um, and what also makes it interesting is that like that could be said about a lot of people, right? I mean, there's totally. we live in a digital age where you can get famous overnight now. And that is wild for all of us. Right. I mean, when we see Joe Schmo over here make one TikTok video or uh, does something and someone captures it on video and puts it on something, um, then that person blows up. And you're just like, yep. whoa, like this overnight fame and, and things like that are, is very interesting. But sometimes that. It, that's just a flame, right? And it just dies out. And they try to figure out so many different ways to keep that flame going and to grow that flame. And for some people, it is very much these TikTok influencers and things like that that have nothing to really... They're not really talented in anything. They're, they, they, they just... They got famous and they continue doing fucking dance craze and things like that and taking other people's shit just so they can continue that fame. But in reality, it's just like, what do you truly have to your name? So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. But like to bring this back to Nope, um, I love this movie. I <laughs> I think this is my second favorite Jordan Bill film. Um, I like I like Get Out, Nope, then Us. Uh, that's that's my order. Um, Get Out just is super special to me, so that's always going to be first. However, I and I'm going to say this right now, everybody it might be a controversial take. I don't give a shit. It's my podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Nope is a better made movie than Get Out, um, just because of how everything was just kind of like uh, the way everything just ties in. I just feel like it was so incredibly well done. Not to say that Get Out didn't have that exact same tie-in, but Get Out, to me, even though it had a bunch of metaphors of it, it was still a pretty surface-level film. Like, you didn't have to truly think about, like, what's going on here to be like, okay, no, I get it. Like, you know? Yeah. (laughs) With Nope, like, I felt like you truly had to think about what the fuck was happening here. And just to kind of understand that. And I know a lot of people will claim that like that doesn't make a good movie. Sure. But I think that's really smart for someone to take that time to kind of come up with all these different types of metaphors and analogies just to paint this odd picture on film. Yeah. And I think that's just very artistic and crafty. I think you are totally right on that. I think it's very clear that with Jordan Peele, he He's continue, continuing to challenge himself in, in right. filmmaking, right? Because he could have easily made the same movies over and over. But I think when I'm looking at the nuances, I can see that he's trying to do more. He's trying to challenge himself. Um, and I think you're right. I think with this movie, like, you know, if, if you had said this and I didn't watch it this previous time, I, I don't know if I would have gotten there, but because I was able to really look into the details and really hone in on it, like I totally agree with you. I think it is a better made movie because you do need to really analyze it more um, right. to really reach that point. So yeah, I think all, all the movies are great, but like 
Right. It finally clicked for me because I gave it just as much attention and willingness to uh, be immersed as I did with Get Out and Us. I agree. Definitely agree. Man, let's go and jump into this because I'm very excited to talk about it. (laughs) Nope. Directed by Jordan Peele, released July 22nd, 2022. What a great date for that to come out as well. True. Runtime of two hours and 10 minutes with a budget of $68 million and a box office of $171.4 million. Not the highest grossing horror film to come out last year. That highest grossing horror film was Smile. Um, but still, I think that was uh, very warranted. With a rating of 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think that's fair. Like you know, like I, 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 I personally would say, like in the '90s, I would, I would definitely like for this film to be. But I think that's a fair spot to be for this film. It's but. interesting. Uh, I think I would have. You would have like preferred it higher. I yes, now, but I think because you know, not you could go so deep into it because like you mentioned it earlier, like for some people, they don't want to have to like over process, like what's happening and they be able to want to take it at its surface right. level. So that right. could, it could be just a high barrier of entry to, for some people. And maybe that's why yeah. the score is a little lower. Very true. Very, very true. Um, but, we open to the sound of a, the sitcom Gordy's Home as we flick through the studio's involvement. A sharp popping noise and muffled screams accompanied afterwards with a bang. The text, quote, I will cast abominable filth at you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. End quote. Nahum verses three by six. I don't fucking read the Bible, so I don't know how, how you even say this. But anyway, it's from the King, the New King James um, version of the Bible. Uh, so it is a, I guess, a newer script in some ways that you would, um, as some would call it, even though it's still an old as fuck book. Another sharp pop alongside muffled bangs and someone rapidly breathing. A quick shot of the studio with a monkey named Gordy comes into the room all bloody. Someone is lying unconscious on the floor with blood splatter everywhere. The woman's shoe is also off her foot in an upright position. Gordy stares over at the table, looking directly into the camera, looking at us. Let's talk about the shoe. Because I know everybody wants to fucking talk about this shoe. Everybody wants to talk about this fucking shoe. Let's talk about this shoe. (laughs) You know what? So I'm glad we're bringing this up because I was going to bring it up myself. I have no take on the shoe. You know, I I, I think that's the point. (laughs) I've tried. Yeah. And I think it's... Let me me say this really quick. I guess I do have a point. I, I think it's trying to create something out of nothing. And it, and, <laughs> and it's the shoes standing up. Oh my god! But like, is that a reflection of like how we are as people that we want to create meaning into something? And this shoe standing up represents this the spectacle that happened. What do you think? You know, a lot of people had a lot of theories about the shoe. Like, oh, uh, Jean Jacket was on top of the studio at this time, but. Well, that doesn't make sense because we know that Jean Jacket is able to kill power, not necessarily be a magnetic field. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't make sense. So that theory kind of gets thrown out the way. I think it's just what the movie says, bad miracle, where oh, yeah, this shitty situation is going on to where this monkey's losing fucking control 
And yet that shoe being upright was such an odd, like such an oddity that it had Jupe stare at it and instead of staring at the monkey in its eyes, which probably caused the monkey to go even more bonkers because the eyes was like, that was like the main symbolism of this whole film, right? Totally. It was like very much with the eyes, like don't look an animal in the eyes and, and so on and so forth. Um, but it's, I think that's initially what this was. It was just a bad miracle. It allowed him to stare at the shoe long enough to where Gordy didn't really notice him right away. And Gordy, when Gordy did notice him, they kind of locked eyes, but he was never like staring directly at him, I guess. But yeah, it was behind a veil. It wasn't direct. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that allowed him to kind of survive the situation. So that's what I think is about the shoe. Now, friend of the show, uh, Richard Newby explains a lot of great shit. In Nope, and he he wrote this article for the Hollywood Reporter. Um, I'm going to put his article inside of the show notes if I remember. Um, actually, I'll have our our podcast manager do that. Uh, so actually, since since you're listening in, podcast manager, please <laughs> write that down. Um, so I'll send I'll send that to him, and he'll put that in. But uh, with that being said, like he had a great concept behind all of this inside the Hollywood Reporter. And he talks a little bit about the shoe, but he mainly focuses on the whole ending portion of it all, like when, when the shit hits the fan initially. But it's a very fascinating read. I would highly suggest it. If you don't want to read it, you're in luck. The Hollywood Reporter has all of their articles set up to where you can just listen to them. So there you go. You don't have to read it if you don't want to. But yeah, shout out to Richard Newby, by the way. Lost my spot. Found it. <laughs> cut to early in the morning. <laughs> cut to early morning at the uh, at the Haywoods Ranch. OJ is up early feeding the horses their hay and perfor- and performing the daily duties for them. After st- setting them up on a walking track, he looks over at his dad Otis Senior, assisting one of the horses to perform a trick. Helping the horse back up, Otis tells his son that they need to keep their heads out of the clouds for the next gig. Shouts out to the first metaphor here, right? <laughs> yeah. He understands Otis talking about how this is going to be their next big break. All they have to do is execute. He takes in a deep breath, asking OJ if he's good. OJ doesn't answer the question, just returns it back to him. Otis Otis doesn't answer the question either, asking for the whereabouts of his sister Emerald, since she's supposed to be there. OJ is annoyed, agreeing before walking off. While walking back to the house, he pulls out his flip phone um, that turns off. Shh. <laughs> I just love OJ, man. Me like, too. I was him for Halloween. Oh, had nice. to be. Yeah, Scorpion um, King hoodie on. I did. I had the Scorpion <laughs> King hoodie, had the Haywood hat, and I had a a, a horse on a stick. Hey, <laughs> nice. Um, and, and yeah, Monkey Paul actually put it on their Instagram. I thought that was cool. But um, with the thing about OJ that fascinates me is that he's just such an old soul. That he, you know, technology is not his thing. Gaining clout wasn't his thing until it was just more so like, we need fucking money. And I don't know yeah. anything else to obtain money except for making this work inside of the Haywood Ranch. This is this yeah. is it. This is all I know. So therefore, this is how I need to make money. So it's it, it was fascinating to um to kind of see his character play out. 
<laughs> and M, who's all about the clout. <laughs> yeah, she two needed sides it of all. a coin, right? 100%. 100%. The machine for the horses also turns off. Otis cussing that he told him to fix the walker. A high-pitched screaming noise above catches their attention before items start to rapidly fall out of the sky. I fucking love this, man. Because in retrospect, yeah. we, we find out later that like, oh, well, we don't find out later, but like we know that, oh shit, that was a person screaming. That wasn't yeah. the monster screaming or the creature screaming. That was a person. It's, it's, <laughs> so I love it now that I know what's going on. But the first time I watched it, I was so confused and maybe a little so too confused. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I guess it's worth the payoff. I agree. Um, but I was still in. I was just like, okay, I'm in. I'm invested. Yeah. Whatever the fuck is happening here, I'm invested. OJ looks slowly around before noticing his dad slumped over on the horse. The horse starts walking off, uh, which has him fall off of it. OJ immediately runs over to his aid. He is driving Otis to the hospital, trying his best to keep him conscious as he slumped over, bleeding all over the door. Fuck. This was mm. a sight. Otis yeah. mumbles the name of their horses as blood spurts out of his wound oh. of his head. OJ stares at his father's lifeless body in the hospital room. Otis's right eye is completely missing with a slice on his eyelids. His x-rays showing that a nickel shot straight through his eye. Fuck. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty intense to see. It is. It is very intense to see. Um God damn. <laughs> God damn. Uh, in the car, OJ is back at the ranch uh, with the same nickel and a key jammed inside the, ho- the horse's backside. Title card with the opening of something in the sky, fading to, to a moving uh, picture of a black jockey on a horse. Cut to OJ um, at a commercial suit shoot. One, uh, one of the assistants, Buster, checks in with him to see if he's ready. OJ admits that he needs five minutes because his team isn't there yet. Buster acknowledges as he speaks into the microphone before Bonnie Clayton is welcome to the set. Finn excitedly brings the attention around around her as Buster reintroduces him to OJ from the Flashpoint set. He asks Buster about Otis. Buster whispers that he died. <laughs> Already getting that morbid, like morbid uh, comedy here, right? Like it's just yeah. super dark comedy right off the bat. But this is great. It's just I mean, as, Finn as, is, is fucking hilarious. Yeah, as someone that has done production in school and just to see like the way all these these production characters are presented, it, it's so comedic <laughs> so spot to on. me. Yeah, because it's just like, <laughs> man, to, to them, they think this is everything. Like this is what's right. most important and they lose their sense of just empathy. True, very true. Um, I want to point out though, you know who Finn is, do you? No, I don't. So the person who plays Finn, his name is Osgood Perkins. Um, Osgood Perkins may sound familiar to you. It may not. But Osgood Perkins is the director of Gretel and Hansel that we covered oh, on the wow. show. Oh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Also, the bag man who, with the video camera in Legally Blonde. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rom com. Like I said, if I if I didn't have a horror podcast, I would have a rom com podcast. I love them. <laughs> Finn sighs with annoyance, asking the cinematographer at Antlers Holst how they are looking. 
He sarcastically says that they're good if they're selling a horse's ass. Finn fakes an uncomfortable laugh as Buster asks OJ to spin the horse around. OJ reminds him um, that he told him to hold. Buster changing his mind to spin. He follows the directions. Bonnie and Makeup come uh, come up there to put on the finishing touches. He asks them to step away from the back of the horse. She ignores his request because they told her to come there. Buster wants to do a quick safety meeting, introducing OJ to everyone. The whole crew is quiet as they wait for OJ to speak. <laughs> With his head down, he nervously and awkwardly introduces himself and, and that his sister is going to be there soon. They yell for him to speak louder. He does as he nervously continues before his sister bursts through the doors. She apologizes before coming in and excitedly showcasing the facts about her family's history slash company. I love their fucking dynamic. And yeah. it's just meeting them both like this was perfect. <laughs> After sharing the history, she shares the safety precautions before promoting herself. OJ is annoyed with her, um, and they are, are and they are ready to rehearse, but he thinks they need a quick break. Bonnie claims that she's ready to do one. Finn and the rest of the crew are also uh, ready to get started. He tries calling over M. Uh, Emerald, but she can't hear him. They ask OJ to step off. He nods his head as he continues calling for his sister. Bonnie asks for the horse's name. He quickly tells her, <laughs> tells her the name is Lucky while calling his sister again. I love how she's just like, well, is it? He's like, what? Is it Lucky? Uh, yeah, what, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> The VFX team bring over the silver ball, pointing it at the horse, causing Lucky to freak out and kick the makeup girl's back. Jesus. I mean, he told them. <laughs> he did. He did. Frustrated, OJ goes to the bathroom. He checks with the man named Grizz, who pretty much um, fires him. Uh, and I think Grizz was also the guy who got them the gig in the first place. But, hey. OJ claims that they need this. Grizz understanding, commenting that they'll be, there'll be more opportunities. He apologizes. OJ thanking him for the opportunity without looking his way. He meets Emerald back in the car, wondering where where she would like to be dropped off. She lets him know that she'll she'll go up there with him, but she uh, she'll be gone in the morning. He wonders if he needs to drop her off tomorrow. She tells him that uh, she can find a ride, but she wants fun. OJ, not this whack ass Buster OJ that she's <laughs> getting right now. <laughs> they continue driving past up a bunch of inflatable tubes um, going into Jupiter's claim which we can technically visit in LA if we wanted to and I, no way. I, I would I would really like us to take a field trip there that's cool <laughs> yeah uh, well technically we, we are sub- well I don't want to announce it just yet never mind um I'll keep it hush-hush for now. They make it to the amusement park, Emerald, asking about Gold Rush. OJ lets her know that they are they went bankrupt, and it's been this for three years now. They walk inside with the horse. She looks around, taking it all in, looking over inside a well with a couple of other people, photobombing their photo, not realizing it right away. She's like, my bad, photobomb. <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> I thought they was this was fucking perfectly casted. I thought this movie yeah. just was just everyone in here to me just was great. Totally. Um, and then like this is a moment, right, where it's like with context of what happens, you you're like, oh, I didn't really catch that the first time that they right. like call attention to the well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I, I like that though. I like that, you I know, do we don't see that well again for at least an hour and a half. Um, so I thought that was actually really, really great. But um yeah, even breakouts breakout role for Brandon Pereira as well. I thought he was also great. He played Angel Torres. I thought he was yeah, also he's 
he is amazing. Have you seen the video of uh, Jordan Peele telling him he got the role? He got uh, yes, dude. I oh love my that God. video. <laughs> it's, it's just so genuine. Amazing. He's like, my friend's here. <laughs> He's the one that told me to go for it. <laughs> it it's great. It, it, it's great that like he got someone that was just unknown, I guess, in, in some ways. But like, I, I love it. It was absolutely genuine, and yeah, I, I hope he gets casted in a Marvel flick soon because I know that's one of his dreams, and I just want his dreams to come true. <laughs> yes, that's all I want. She charmingly, uh, she charmingly apologizes while walking away. Meanwhile, OJ sells his horse Lucky, telling him that he'll be back as they bring him into the new stable. That was a promise he kept. She notices what he did, running over to him, asking about how many has he sold. He le- he lets her know that he sold 10, 10 of them. She's surprised, but he believes that he's going to get them all back. Asking her to stay behind because she's a liability to his business relationship that he's developing. She questions that how she is how uh, she questions how she's a liability. He whisper he whisper yells for her to not promote her bullshit while on the job. And if she wants to promote something, promote the business. She tells him no, correcting him that this is her side shit. <laughs> With two quick fuck yous to each other, they both head upstairs, greeted by Ricky Jupe Park's wife, Amber, who's um, talking on the talking on a phone call. She she checks her watch and giving him a thumbs up to go ahead and speak to Jupe. OJ knocks on the door. Jupe allows him inside. He introduces Emerald, who I'm now going to refer to as M, before Jupe asks who who he brought uh, who he brought him in today. OJ tells him that he brought Lucky, letting him know that it's the second best horse. M stops stops him from talking, asking him if he's literally the Asian kid from Kid Sheriff, quote unquote. <laughs> I find this actually be incredibly important here. Yeah, because the if we think about the eighties, right? The eighties and the nineties. Let's think about this for a second. In the eighties, we had Indiana Jones, right? Um, but as Indiana Jones, we've had. Characters that a lot of people, for example, weren't able to name. Also in the Goonies as well, they would say things like, oh, oh, you're the Asian kid from the Goonies. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, but m- like my name was Data in the Goonies. My name is Kuha Kwan. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like things like that that have always stuck out to me where they would be like, oh, you're that black kid from this movie. And that's such that's such a pivotal thing, and I and I love that they had this in this film because that that's that that's really how it was, like, and how it is, like, still, you know. I mean, one of my favorite award acceptance speeches was from Ki Ki Kwan uh, for him getting the award for everything, everywhere, all at once, and he just he cried and talked about how like Steven Spielberg gave him his first opportunity in Indiana Jones and um or no the goonies um and how th- that has changed his life but then no one called him ever again until everything everywhere all at once and dude is hitting almost 60 and yeah. like it's it's crazy it's crazy to me to, to think that this is this still happens and i, I you- love that they put this in this movie yeah, I think you hit a really crucial point, right? Because a lot of people like think about how much we consume stories and media, like whether right. it's in film and TV or like TikTok or YouTube, whatever it may be, right? We're constantly like watching and absorbing content and we'll say right. statements like, 
oh, you're you're so so case, from so you're the Asian kid from this movie. I love that movie. Right. Yet you love it that you can't. You know, you have to say that <laughs> Asian kid. Name. You can't say <laughs> their name, right? And to them, it's like they separate them as like normal people, right? Right. They're just right. like props on a stage. So I think you're 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 totally honing in on something there that I think you're making a really good point with that. Yeah. Absolutely. OJ tries to stop her, but Jupe tells him that it's okay, agreeing that he he was little Jupe. <laughs> um, she wants to take a picture with him, claiming that he was he was her favorite. OJ cuts her off, wanting to still talk business. Jupe agrees, giving off the wrong uh, the wrong Spanish phrase, su casa es mi casa, for her to look around, or in his case, the right phrase, I guess. <laughs> Your house is mine, pretty much. Um, so for him, I guess... That was right, because he yeah. did pretty much take all their horses. <laughs> Back to them talking, he asks about the same deal. M uh, continues looking at the paraphernalia, wondering whatever happened to that black kid that played 3D in the movie. OJ tells her uh, to stop as Jupe clears his throat. He continues that he wants to lay down the groundwork into buying some of them back. He stammers as he agrees, adding that the offer he gave Otis is still on the table. M sees an, an issue of Mad about Gordy's home on the wall. She stops them again, gaining Jupe's attention. He gets up, sharing that this this uh, sharing that this is about the incident on set. She remembers that her dad told her about this show, and the monkey went crazy on that show. He tells them that he usually charges a fee for this, but he opens up a hidden wall in the he opens up a wall to a hidden room. And I love her reaction. She's like, oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Showing off a bunch of Gordy's home paraphernalia, claiming that a picture on the wall is the first exploding fist bump. And he's like, totally like, boasting his shit just one of those humble brags like first exploding head bump. <laughs> like <laughs> you could also tell that it's super rehearsed like it's not the oh, first for time sure. he's said he's saying he's all these things definitely done this before yeah <laughs> the way he walks in the room like super just like it's nonchalant he's, yeah he's creating a spectacle right yeah and yeah it's absolutely. because like from childhood he's been an actor and you could tell now with uh this amusement park that he's He's still he's in the business up of technically in some ways. Yeah. But he's still in the business of entertaining. Right. And what's fascinating trying to get to back me, to where he was pretty much. Yeah. But what's kind of like like again, moments that I didn't notice and because I went in with the context, like his wife, right? Very similar mm-hmm. features to uh his co-star in the show that he yes. did when he was younger, right? Like same complexion, very first same, crush. <laughs> yep, same hair color, and it's like wow, like this is someone that has was introduced to an industry so young and hasn't been able to escape it. It's all he knows, right? Very true. I didn't even think of it that way, but I think you hit the nail right on that. He continues talking about Gordy's home airing in 96, and it was a hit, adding that one day they were shooting an episode about Gordy's birthday, and then one of the chimps um, hit hit their limit and even then right like he didn't even know the name of one of the chimpanzees that was on the set that day so exactly you know, kind of goes to show how much you know it mattered in that yep. in that moment causing six minutes and 13 seconds of havoc the network trying to bury it but it was a spectacle people were just obsessed she's enamored asking oj if he's heard about this 
He has chiming in on in that being part of the reason why they don't let let you use chimps anymore. Jupe adds that there's a growing fan base now, and a Dutch couple paid him 50k to stay in there one night. She mentions that being crazy, staring at at the shoe from the incident. She wonders what really what really happened that day. He asks if she hasn't seen the skit uh, from SNL. She hasn't. He starts going over how amazing the bit is, and while he's doing so, we cut back to him as a kid. Cut to the siblings back at the ranch. OJ letting him, letting him know that he has work tonight. Before I even um, jump into uh, this here, I do want to talk really quickly about this whole thing that just kind of transpired, right? Um, so we see that he is presenting more spectacle on top of this horrendous incident that happened in 1996. And so much so that he has strict PTSD from it that he can't even relive it himself. He had to relive it for M through an SNL skit where she was just like, even like, you didn't give me any details. Like, yep. like I'm going to have to look that one up on YouTube. Like, yep. you, didn't, you didn't give me shit. Like, <laughs> so it was, it, it, it obviously is something that stuck with him so heavily to the point where. I even kind of pictured like the room itself being like a piece of the brain. Like it's always in the back of your head and you try to bury it and you try to hide it um, as much as you possibly can. But every now and then someone is going to remember that, that incident that happened to you. Right. Like even for example, there's still like people where I almost broke my arm or whatever, for example, in front of a bunch of people in college and there's people even to this day who are just like, remember that time you flipped over the handlebars of your scooter? Like, <laughs> now I do. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in years, but it's like shit like that, where like that's what this felt like. It felt like a metaphor of his mind initially, like him no, wanting yeah. to live so much in his past. And yet there's still pieces of it that he would like to bury, but yet he can't really bury that because it's his mind. Yeah. Like, clearly it's, it's, it's a moment in his life that is, trauma right and right it, it's it's fascinating to see because this happens to people when they experience trauma especially at a young yeah. age it, they they can't escape it it almost becomes absorbed like a sponge uh, at least your Absolutely. brain does that and here Beautiful he is working on the daily next to this memorial the shrine of that like traumatic moment in his life where he probably thought he was going to die right or it's just yeah. he saw some very disturbing violence and people that he knew were brutally hurt. But here he is like utilizing that trauma and not only that profiting off of it. And I think that also is a reflection of people today. How often do you hear like jabs or people poking at like people recording themselves crying and putting it on the internet, right? Like people do this for the cloud. They're utilizing their trauma and trying to take a hold of it to, Mm -hmm. To create it, uh, to make it a strength rather than a weakness, something that holds them down. Right. Absolutely. She wants to chill, but he wants to get some work done, asking her if she would like to, but she's good. She asks about the offer. He lets her know that Jupe offered to buy the ranch. She wonders how much, calling it interesting. He asks her why she wants to know. She pushes him, wanting to see how big of an idiot he is. He continues walking toward the house, calling himself a big idiot. Um, 
taking a hit from her vape, she asks if he wants to see what's up with their dad's liquor cabinet. He stops midway, letting her know that he still has some weed left, too. <laughs> I love this moment. <laughs> Me, too. And she's just like, well, shit, why you should have opened with that thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like, like there was a lot of tension, that they're actually not tight. And then it just right. it took this and like... All right, let's do it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's party. Yeah. Uh, Run it over to him as he plays, playfully dodges her. She's like, oh, I see you still got your reflexes. <laughs> Inside their house, she uh, takes a drink as she cheers to their dad. She looks over at a pic- at the picture, asking if he remembers Jean Jacket. He does, calling it a good horse. She continues that this was supposed to be her first horse, remembering her taking taking or talking to her therapist about it. He questions her. She shares that she has sex with with one occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she loves to like just flex that she like just sleeps for real. For real, telling her that she was supposed to uh, train Jean Jacket, but Otis said that he he wasn't hers. He wasn't hers anymore. Remembering standing by the window watching them train her train. Uh, train her horse and pops never looking up at her a quick flashback to oj outside um signing that he sees her in the window as otis tells him to come on adding that he looked up he looked up at her wondering if he remembers that he uh he corrects her that it was actually the scorpion king and it wasn't <laughs> much fun for the first job that their dad took them on them ended up uh using camels anyway she is about to voice what the point point of it is but she's over it oj adding that they uh, they are both uh, hard-headed, admitting that their dad did something when he made this place, changing the industry and that being real, which is why he can't just let it go. She she doesn't answer him, wondering why Ghost is in the arena. Ghost. OJ goes out to check on Ghost inside the arena. He looks over at the horse, briefly speaking to it while lo- looking up at the sky, feeling that, feeling that something is off before hearing his sister bumping some music uh, back inside the house. He yells for her to turn it down, but she can't hear him as she dances inside the, inside to the music. Of course she can't fucking hear you. Far as fuck. Bro, why are you even trying? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Ghost jumps over the gate and yells out asking where the horse is going. He's like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> he drives down searching for the horse more screams fill the air as he enters the inside um then the inside private property to jupe's ranch he can hear jupe speaking on the intercom rehearsing quote what if i told you you'll leave here different every friday for the last six months my family and i bore witness to an absolute spectacle End quote. His voice trails off as the power shuts down. OJ becomes familiarly confused as the power comes back on. This was so fucking eerie to me. Mm-hmm. It was just something about it where it's just like hearing the drone and the voice and it just, it, it felt like I was hearing someone have a stroke, but yeah. it, it was so eerie. It worked so well. It does. It's it's you can't really say much to it, right? Because it's like you just hear it and you're like, Oh, this is cool. This is having a lasting effect. It's just right. a great design choice. I agree. Definitely agree. But with screams rushing past overhead in the sky, he looks up as the wind gusts around. The music at the house fades out as M continues dancing, noticing the shrieks overhead before the music comes back on. OJ hears the shrieks again before seeing the UFO saucer fly through the clouds. He rushes back to the house. M asking if he saw the power go out, wondering where Ghost is. He doesn't know. They check the tapes. The power cuts off. 
He wants her to play it again. He's irritated that they didn't catch anything as she speaks about ghosts. She wonders what he saw as he leaves out of the room. On the deck, he questions her about, quote, what is a bad miracle? Mm. What the, yeah, there's there's not a term for that, right? Or no. I guess no. no I, the, the, the other words I'm thinking of, they're all like have a positive trait. Right, has a positive outlook. I mean, if we think about this case right here, right? When you know, like this is a we don't know it's a fucked up situation right now. And I don't think he's entirely talking about this situation that he just saw this UFO or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's more so in the, in his eyes, he's just like their situation with the ranch, right? Yeah. Like, what if we sell the ranch? Like, that might solve our problems or whatever. But the way that it flips around to where it's about Jean Jacket or the UFO is so cleverly well done to me. I agree. It's the bad miracle. Yeah. Curious if they have a word for that. She tells him nope. He continues that they uh that they set up excuse me. He continues that they said a prop plane is what killed their dad, but that never made sense to him. Adding that he also heard ghosts make a sound that he's never heard a horse make before. She asks him what he saw. He tells her that it was big, but he doesn't know what it looked like. But if uh but it was fast and too quiet to be a plane. She questions if he's talking about a UFO. Cut to, sib- uh, cut to the siblings at Burbank's Fries, rest in peace, um, M letting him know that they, they, do- they don't need a lot, but they need something that looks different from everyone else's. So this is where they spin that bad miracle around. Like this thing is like he knows like this is what killed our dad and this is what's going to get us out of our bad times. Mm-hmm. So our dad's death is what's going to get us out of our bad times. Not, not us having to continue sell horses and all this other shit, but man, damn, I've always wanted to go to that Fry's electronics over in Burbank with the fucking UFO in there. How fitting for the movie though. The the, the shot goes over and you just see the UFO in the storefront. I I feel like, like Jordan Peele was just waiting for that moment. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna make a fucking alien movie one day. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> he tells her that he's broke. She tells him that uh they can use um her money. He busts out laughing. She tells him um that websites like Cyber Dominion would play pay up to one hundred K for evidence of UFOs. Inside the store, she comments that uh this is their moment, them being rich and famous for life. I'm looking for a spectacle. He wonders how they would uh, get this done. They don't. Uh, they don't go for a quick cash in. They need to go for the most credible source. He questions if she means something like Oprah. She agrees to his example. He he mentions uh, that he saw flying shit all over the internet, not seeing it on Oprah. She reiterates that she didn't say Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way she says this too, because like um, obviously she she said the n word, but and I'm gonna say it right now. But like she was like, it's like nigga. Say Oprah, you said Oprah, <laughs> and it was so flawlessly executed. <laughs> she was like, "I don't know what you, why you said that, but you said that shit." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that shit was so funny to me. But anyway, um, added that all the all that shit is fake and low quality. Them getting the shot, quote unquote. 
Fry's, uh, Fry's rep Angel grabs the attention that he can help them out. Annoyed, he thanks him for shopping at Fry's before asking the, um, asking the Fry's run-of-the-mill questions. She tells him no to all of the questions. Uh, he reiterates he reiterates them saying no to the installation. OJ questioned how hard it is. Angel comments that it isn't for him, but they aren't <laughs> going to be able to do it by themselves. Dude. Oh my God, bro. This reminded me of like our old job. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my god, when people would want to get their fucking screens fixed and shit. It's like, oh yeah, you can take it over there. Let them fuck your screen up if you want. <laughs> but this was great. This was great. This is customer service at its finest right here. <laughs> the epitome of like all of us filling in customer service. Wondering if they got robbed or something, they agree that they did. M adding that there's been a lot of blackouts that they that take out cameras. Angel lets her know that they should be fine since these new cameras have batteries as well. OJ shares that the outages uh, affect the batteries too, like cell phones. Angel laughs and slightly mocks that cell phones uh, don't drop in power, explaining that your Wi-Fi might drop, your my, your Wi-Fi might dip. That being technology. Oh my God, this fucking fueled my blood. I know, like we, I, when I heard this line, I'm like, we've been there, right? Like, were you like, like maybe this, but you're, what you're saying is just silly, right? Yeah, yeah. And when in reality, it's just like, I truly don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't give a shit what your problem is about you dropping what or you not, not understanding how technology works. They stare at him, Angel, joking that they're, um, they're in a. Uh, joking about them being possibly in a, a UFO hotspot. She chuckles that nobody believes in that. Angel makes it out of their property, mocking that he loves the smell of uh, smell of horse shit and fit fresh air. <laughs> okay, dude, you can get back in the van and just dip some, someone else over here. He opens up the back of the van before screaming, which causes the horses to scream. OJ stops him, telling him not to do that. Angel apologizes for this morning, sharing that he's just got out of a four-year relationship. M comments that he uh, he was fine as Angel <laughs> continues talking about his problems with his ex. She asks if this is going to take longer than an hour so, uh, so she can leave. OJ, now alone with Angel, is being shown pictures of his ex, Rebecca Diaz. He tells OJ to keep an eye out for her She bu- because she booked a show on, on the CW. Upset that she left him <laughs> for the fucking CW. <laughs> uh, it's just comedic. It's, this it's, it's a little much, but it's like, yeah, it's just right. funny. Especially yeah, calling out like CW specifically. Yeah, that was fantastic. That, that was great. But like, it, you know, it, it reiterates that everyone in LA seems to just want to be an actor. Yeah. Or work in the industry some some way somehow. So it's mm-hmm. funny as it's funny to me because it's just like, like yeah, all these people are not in the industry but are somewhat wanting to be in the industry. Yeah. And I thought that was actually really great, which was interesting to me because this nope wasn't up for an Oscar um, this year, which. Uh, was interesting because usually the Oscars applaud when movies are made about Hollywood and this movie was 100% made about Hollywood. So they even had the fucking name Haywood in there as well. So it's just like, it was interesting that this one wasn't nominated for anything, not even fucking costume design. It's just like, or sound design even like it was nothing. I thought that was fascinating. 
Anyway, cut to them checking on the new installed cameras. OJ telling them to swivel it up higher and higher. Angel is confused as to why he's swiveling the, all the cameras up, but guesses that they they are probably searching for UFOs. Telling OJ that they don't call them that anymore, but they call them UAPs now. He doesn't understand why they have to change the name, which causes Angel to go on this fucking political rant about government keeping them in the dark on everything, mentioning that everyone lost interest because nobody knows what a UAP is. OJ comments that he saw he saw the Navy clip, but they didn't see them, thinking, uh, excuse me, but they didn't see anything, thinking that it could have been better. And I love how he says, he was like, I think it could have been better, though. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya... It's probably one of my favorite actors right now. <laughs> He's great. Man, he is so great. Angel agrees that it is shitty footage that proves there is aliens. He starts spouting a few theories. OJ nonchalantly says, uh, cool, <laughs> to get him to calm down. Angel recommended him to watch Ancient Aliens. Down the hill, M comes back yelling for them to help her. They uh, head down to, uh, to help her out. OJ asks if she's good. She claims she claims to be as she comments about the flags flapping in the back of the truck. She claims that uh, it is uh, it is a new training horse she ordered. She questions he questions where she got it from, but she tells him to not worry about that. She stops the combo right there, going to, going to the back to unload it. Angel following to assist. The the statue horse from Jupiter's claim is out on the field. Angel wondering if this is for the bait. M repeats that it is a decoy for horse training. Jupe pulls up uh, to their fence. OJ flipping out at this point. She tells him that they are good and that he does he doesn't know shit. Jupe co- gets out of his truck, greeting them. M does the does most of the talking, yelling him to stay right where he is. She yells that they that they are setting up a decoy for for horse training. He responds that they have some of those um, and is about to ask where they got it from, but she cuts him off to ask the question first. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He answers that he's not really sure, but his wife would know. Angel shouts and thanks him for stopping by. The Haywood shush him and remind him that he doesn't live there. He apologizes <laughs> that he was just trying to help. Jupe acknowledges pulling out a flyer from his back pocket. It flies out in the wind, but he continues sharing the invite to, uh, to their family live show on Friday at five. She agrees. Jupe gives them an awkward thumbs up <laughs> as he um, <laughs> heads back to the car. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this because this is interesting. Um, we're now getting the setup here, right? Angel, for the most part, knows what the fuck's going on. But they don't want to involve him into this. Yeah, they don't want to have to cut him in. Right. Now, what I'm curious about is how did they know to have this horse be there? Maybe because of like ghost screaming, and it took ghost. I assume. Yeah, you know, I, I, man, I wish I could remember because I actually had the same thought process when I was watching it. Um, because I was just like, damn, did they just, did they just know to have this here? Like, I, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, because I, I think from what I gathered is they saw that at the amusement park that like there's a moment if you have subtitles on that you can hear them talking about the spectacle and all of that. And I think they have the assumption right. that like they're using the horses, horses as like food. Right. Cause, Cause he never got ghost back. Right. Like I no. assume ghost was taken that night. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Well, go. Um, oh, the night where he, he, um, yeah, I don't, I think. Cause I don't think he got co- yeah, ghost back. Think- Cause we see Clover. Clover's the next horse 
then Clover Ghost, actually gets taken, and we see I Clover believe, get like spiraled. But we never I, see Ghost get taken. I think but I don't Ghost know. gets taken on screen, and we see it through like the openings of the shed. And you barely see it, uh, so you don't really know what's going on. So I think Ghost does get swept up. Okay, because he does mention that he's heard Ghost scream. Yeah. So that's why I, I assume that's this is where they got the idea from. Like, oh, well, this fucking thing likes horses. So so I, I assume that's where she got this idea from. Yeah. Okay. Angel has finished setting up the cameras, sharing that uh, he has to set it up. He has to set up... A, Excuse me. Sharing that he he has it set up. If one of the cameras go out, the other camera is already prepped to catch whatever took it out. They thank him. He questions them, um, not actually filling him in on what they are doing there. M letting him know that the, he'll he'll know soon enough. He irritatedly walks back to his fan his van, um, stopping to let them know that uh, he can monitor the feed remotely free of charge. In unison, they both give him no and a hell no. He continues <laughs> his walk of shame to his van, concluding that uh, they will get a call from his supervisor she interrupts him five stars angel five stars <laughs> clover later that night the decoy is set up while oj is prepping to make a fake silver ball to train his horses i love this context here like i thought that was great um for him to uh just kind of for like some character building moments here that like at the end of the day he's just like i still have a job to do yeah you know, so he's trying to still train his horses while they're doing this. So I thought that was great because it it it, it made this world feel more real to me. Um because it's just like all of this stuff that kind of goes on. It's like it what's the best way I can put it? It's like a um like a, a, a crazy event that happens, like we hear about this is gonna be a, a little extreme, but um bear with me here. Uh but like a mass shooting. Um where in the US in 2023, we've already had like almost 50 mass shootings, and which is bonkers to me. But with that in mind, there's still people who like are still just doing their job, right? Like we yeah. just go about life, like 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 we still just kind of go through life the way we were doing it before we heard about the mass shooting, mm -hmm. and that's initially what's kind of happening here. Obviously. A little extreme of what I'm putting on to it, but like they know that this thing is in the sky eating things, eating organic things, and they could be next. Um, yet he's still like, like although I'm trying to capture that, I still got another job that I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna bank on this and put all my eggs in this basket. Yeah, because life doesn't stop, right? No matter right. what is going on, which is sad. Um, exactly. And, you know, scenarios that you put it in but in this case yeah, yeah he, he's not putting all his eggs in one basket absolutely meanwhile emma's fallen asleep um to oprah on her phone about ufos inside of a inside of a trailer i thought that was interesting like where was this trailer <laughs> uh while oj is finishing the silver ball the light in the stable comes on his horse neighing loudly which catches his attention he heads inside the stable looking around but not seeing anything he continues moving through the stable to turn off the light he starts walking out before the lights fire back on when he looks back in that direction there's an alien looking creature kneeling on the ground it starts chittering as it rises up slowly oj grabs his cell phone to record as it starts walking toward them. 
When the creature leans to the left, another appears in unison inside of an open door. That's enough for him and nopes his way <laughs> to walk backwards. They move closer to him. He feels he's, he's safe enough distance to get his phone ready again. The creature slowly peeks from behind the wall. He records it before getting startled by one upside down behind him. So he decides to just punch the shit out of it, <laughs> revealing that it's actually one of Jupe's asshole kids in one of the suits. <laughs> This was my favorite move moment in the theater. This was uh, fantastic. And it 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 really only has as much impact as it can have with your first watch through because oh absolutely. You really don't see one of the kids as an alien right in front of you until he starts moving, right? But like, you know, I was really excited for the scene to come up again and it's it it's just right there. Right in front yeah. of you, and when you know, you know, and it's 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 hard to get that moment again. So this is great for a first time watch through. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, this had my theater like fucking in stitches, dude. Like same, everybody same. was dying from this moment. Um, but I loved I love this moment because of the tension that it brought on too. Where it felt so fucking intense. It did. Well, because you think it's the reveal, right? And my theater, right. like, you heard everyone gasp at the exact same time. Yeah. Uh, when when the it first stood up, my theater happened. was just yeah. like, <gasps> yeah. And uh, I remember thinking, like, oh shit, we're going there. They're like, yeah. Here. They're like, we're legit like, that are standing yeah. in front of us. This is great. <laughs> I, I got bamboozled. Like, I, I fell for it. Yeah, I thought this was great. Um, and I thought it was also pretty interesting that they also was like half monkey, half alien suit kind of thing. Oh, I, I never that caught very, that, but that's a yeah. really good call out. Yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting, but um, pretty great shit though. Like I, I ultimately, I thought this was great. And, I, and I've heard the argument that Nope's not a horror film and things like that. I think it's a little bit 50-50 because, uh, and I wouldn't even say more 50-50 because the the whole first hour and 30 minutes of this movie is a horror film. Like I mean, the, go, go ahead, on. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to, uh, just to finish my thought, but the last 30 minutes of this film is definitely like Indiana Jones or Jaws or whatever. Because uh, totally. initially this movie is Jaws, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so, but yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't know about y'all, but I have nightmares about aliens coming to earth and oh dude yeah having like this scares the shit out of me yeah this movie captures that moment so amazingly when you see like jean jacket in the in the sky and how it moves it's just to me it translates perfectly to like what like i see in my dreams and like the terror brings like oh yeah so for me like this 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 had me screwed (laughs) yeah Fair. <laughs> M comes running inside the stable asking what happened. He lets her know that it was Jupe's sons upset that they um, let Clover out. She uh, thinks it's... She's st- <laughs> oh, I love this part. So, like, oh, hell no. You trying to prank Haywood? <laughs> it's old. <laughs> but she's quickly reminded that she stole their horse. She's like, oh, yeah. Uh, cuts an angel at work. The light's uh, shutting off around him. He waves over at the security guy doing his rounds. He's startled by his coworker, Nessie. Um, eating some hot Cheetos, which her name being Nessie mm-hmm. is fantastic. Like the Loch Ness yeah. Monster. Like that yep. was just that amazing. Um, although I do have to say, 
I was pretty bummed to see Barbie uh, Fiera not used as much in this film. Um, yeah, I thought she was going to be a fantastic. character. Me too. I mean, she was the fifth name in the opening credits, and I was like, she was barely That's a good point. in this. Yeah. So, yeah, they really made it seem like she was actually going to be involved. Um, but nope, she was just a hot Cheeto eating uh, <laughs> nope. co-worker. <laughs> back at the Haywoods Ranch, OJ is trying to bring Clover back uh, while M watches from the cameras. She notices something on the screen as it's uh, and is startled by a praying mantis. She laughs, claiming that she needs to take her ass to bed. Her phone starts to ring. She answers it. Not knowing who it is, it's Angel letting her know that there's a bug on camera A. She reminds him that he's not supposed to be uh, watching their shit. He understands, quickly letting her know that camera B is down. OJ straps Clover, um, walking her back to the stable. She stops midway, the world around them becoming still. The lights back at the house shut off. Clover starts to run, knocking OJ down. On the other hand, the, the bait is taken by a cloud, leaving the flag, uh, the flag of the decoy hanging out of it. M sees this from her house. She yells for OJ. Angel yells for her to get the bug off the camera. The horses are going crazy in the stable. He asks her if she's, if she's, oh, excuse me, um, if she sees the lights or anything. She stammers that it's in the cloud, yelling that it's in, uh, yelling that it's in the cloud to OJ. He sees it, the cloud humming, um, angrily. She yells for him to run. I love how, like, also, too, um, how he confirms things. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I also find it magnificent that we got a line of run, OJ, run in this. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Run, OJ, run. <laughs> I love the way she shouts it, too. <laughs> that was great. That was fantastic. I mean, obviously a play on OJ Simpson and things like that as well. But yeah, this was, this was fucking great. He listens and starts... Um, Oh, whoops, lost connection for a second there, but I am back. Uh, he listens and starts booking it. The saucer-like creature rumbles as, as it follows him through the cloud. He runs for shelter, watching it going un- higher into the sky. M notices that the lights go off um, at her house and she and she's lost Angel. He continues working on trying to uh, get the bug off, M noticing that it's still on. She heads onto the roof, throwing sh- Sour Patch Kids at it um, tr- and tries to knock it off. Meanwhile, the saucer is above OJ, floating and in, in following the horse running around. It neighs and gives off a wild shriek as it's sucked into the sky. M looks back from, uh, from the shrieking noise, spotting the saucer flying over the hilltop. Come the fuck on, y'all. Like, this was, this was crazy. Yeah, this, this is, is scary as shit. insane to see. Yeah, the way it moves through the sky, it's perfection. It was just, it's so swift. It, it's, it's like a fucking Pokemon, man. Like this is, <laughs> this thing is crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> OJ is checking the footage while M is ready to get the fuck out of there. He asked, he asked her to go where she doesn't care, thinking that they can stay with her girl. Um, she's talking to at in Atwater. <laughs> the third girl that she like dro- uh, drops a hint on he yeah. knows that, uh, that uh, it isn't coming back tonight but she doesn't care she comments that she hasn't seen shit like this feeling it um, it isn't worth it he tells her to leave then and that he uh, has to get up early anyway she frustratedly decides to stay cut to a flashback with OJ and Otis Otis telling him to listen to Ghost Act Territorial claiming that she uh, that some animals ain't fit to be trained OJ is awake in bed looking at the nickel that killed Otis. 
And I love this like concept here that we are getting that Jean Jacket is just being territorial. This is Jean Jacket's territory. This is what Jean yes. Jacket has deemed its home at slash habitat. Yes. It's just another animal, really. Exactly. Cuts to Antlers editing a documentary about animals' eyes before receiving a, a call from M. Once again, we're getting those concept of eyes on animals. He doesn't remember her right away, wondering how she got his number. She lets him know that they have a project, calling it um, calling it the offer of a lifetime. He groans that it's hopefully not his lifetime. <laughs> she shares that they don't have um, m- enough money up front. He cuts her off that he tends to do he tends to do one for them, so he can do one for himself. Wanting her to tell him what it is, she comments reality. He groans. OJ calls out documentary. (laughs) She stutters as she repeats it. Antler's finding that to be better. He questions what it's about. She continues being cryptic, claiming that it it is about what dreams are made of. Feeling feeling like she's wasting his time, he gives her a a time limit by letting her know that that he has a lemon tart that he is about to serve to 10 of his closest friends. (laughs) I don't think he has friends. (laughs) (laughs) oj tells her to stop she puts him on hold quote unquote but he could still hear them arguing she cuts she cuts the bullshit letting them know that they want the impossible shot this finally catches his attention she continues that there's um (laughs) i love he's just like that's impossible (laughs) (laughs) Um, she continues that there's something out there um and he's he's the only person in the world that can capture it on film he shares an analog about the um, excuse me. He shares an a- analogy about his this dream she's chasing is one that she'll never wake up from before hanging up. They ha- they hear Angel bumping his music in in the Fry's van as he pulls up to their house. He gets out of the car, looking directly up at the sky. The siblings um, behind him, confused at, at what he's looking at, he's in shock that it's real. M tells him that it's illegal for him to uh, for him spying on them while also trying to see what what he sees. He looks back at them, understanding that they don't know. Man, how fucking clever! Yeah, honestly, like, what the hell? They how they clever. Uh, they need him. Yeah. Do you think that it makes its own cloud, or it just picks a cloud? Wow, that's a really interesting question. I never thought of it like that. Because um, initially. If you were to ask me initially, I would think that it makes its own cloud. Actually, right. it must make its own cloud because it has to, right? Because it stays because, still. Yeah, if it if it's just entering another cloud, that cloud would keep moving. So it definitely is like it's you know just like in the animal kingdom, there's many animals that like camouflage themselves. So right, it's, and that's what I think this is. Yeah, and there's clouds in space, right? So right, it probably like, is just using that technique. Yeah, and you know, I think you and it was it's interesting you actually said space because I think that this this creature is very much like Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, blah 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 that it was just a creature that's lived there for so many years. It's probably an ancient creature instead of it coming from space, right? Yeah. It's just a creature that we don't understand. Just yeah. like most sea creatures, like we see them and we're like, whoo. Uh, but like, <laughs> it was just because we don't understand them. Like an angler fish is just like, that fish is see through. Totally. Why? Yeah. Like, I mean, like <laughs> the 
deepest depths of the ocean are just as scary as the idea of like aliens out in space. And yeah, I, I think I, I saw interviews appeal stating that he was, he's always been inspired about deep sea creatures and how fucking freaky they could be. So yeah. Um, yeah. He kind of, it's it, he clearly he's blending the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, I would have loved for him to make like a Megalodon movie or something. Uh, it's so fun. Uh, oh my God, it's a Megalodon. Uh, they go inside the computer room. He's uh, He fast forwards the video asking OJ to tell him uh, when he sees it. He points at the cloud that it isn't moving. He goes to look at the cloud, Angel sharing that he scrubbed the footage back and the cloud has been there since he set up the camera. OJ believing that he's been looking at the same cloud for over six months. M thinks that they got it. Angel isn't so sure, not calling it proof. Commenting that that he's seen hundreds of strange uh, weather phenomenons. OJ agrees. Angel asks if there's an if there's an alien spaceship in the cloud. OJ comments that he, uh, it doesn't move like a ship, thinking that it could possibly not be a ship. Hmm. Gordy. Fade to Gordy's home recording on, off the... Recording of the uh, episode of Gordy's birthday. They're exchanging gifts to Gordy. Mary Jo brings in a large box gift. The box opens up to balloons um, coming out of the box. And they pop from the heat of the lights inside the studio. Causing Gordy to fucking go ballistic. People yelling and screaming as he attacks them. Gordy hoots as he beats the shit out of Mary Jo who's grunting in pain. Jupe hides underneath the table watching as Gordy stops beating her. He notices that that she's still moving so he jumps back down to continue beating and biting her squelching flesh tom mm. runs down the stairs trying to command gordy but it's only rifling him up more he tries making a run for it to the kitchen just for gordy to catch him as he starts beating the shit out of him as well jupe starts hyperventilating but notices the shoe oddly standing upright which calms him down just a little Gordy comes back into the room, sitting behind the couch, tapping on Mary Jo, Mary Jo making sure that she's still unconscious. He notices Jupe underneath the tablecloth. He goes over to Jupe, breathing as his eyes are slightly blocked by the veil of the tablecloth. He begins to gently hoot, trying to gain Jupe's trust with a bloody fist bump. But Gordy is shot right in front of Jupe before the fist bump, leaving blood splattered on his face. So this was the scariest moment of the movie for me. It was really disturbing and down hard to watch, (laughs) man. So like people that, you know, this movie is talking about a spectacle and how people love to watch disturbing shit and can't take their eyes off a spectacle. Not me, man. I had my eyes covered. I was looking away in the theater and I was like, ooh, just let me know when it's over, peeking over. But yeah. Yeah, no, I love that shit. That shit was crazy. I had to see it. (laughs) No, this this is wild though. Like, uh, you know, this whole moment was absolutely bonkers of how it went down. But it was the fact that we actually got to see it go down, and like for us, yeah. like, and even then, like, you still could see like certain people like scattering away inside the seats, uh, inside the audience, and things like that. And like, it, it it's fucking scary. This was scary. This was like legitimately scary. scary. Like this, yeah. this scared the shit out of me. Um, but not because it was inside of a movie. Because obviously, you could see that the monkey's fake and things like yeah. that, or the chimp is fake. But what's scary is that something like this actually happened. Mm. And I don't know. I don't remember her name. 
but it was this lady who had a pet chimpanzee. And I heard her 911 call before, way before I've seen this movie. But her friend called 911 as the chimpanzee was literally beating her to death. Oh my God. And her friend is like, you can hear the chimp going crazy in the background. And it was nuts. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, like this is horrendous. She survived. Yeah, and I know. She had yeah. to get facial like reconstruction and things like that as well. And it's crazy that Jordan Peele took that as inspiration for this. <laughs> yep. God damn. Because yeah, <laughs> I remember what scared me. <laughs> yeah. I remember um finding out that that was like almost uh based off a real like story that happened and it, it makes it yeah. all that much more disturbing, right? Um Chips it, are it, brutal, man. Yeah, it's like it's those. Just, they, like those are legit. Like really, so like don't be afraid of a fucking gorilla. Like still be afraid of a gorilla, but like <laughs> not as much as a chimpanzee. Like there's been. I think I've said this on the show before, but there's been cases um, recently where chimpanzees have been organizing in um, in this in uh, I think it was Congo, um, but they've been organizing where they've been making gangs. To I think I remember fucking, you talking about this. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I thought I brought this up before, but they made gangs to beat up other gorillas. And yeah, yeah, like you, this you shit's talk crazy. About this. Yeah, it yeah. Is they crazy. they would just take their their youngs and like just like as soon as they're beating up the the shit out of these other gorillas and like they're almost like down and they're like just staring. They take their baby and they like beat the shit out of the baby in front of them and then they leave. No, oh just God. because, just because. It's just like what? What? Damn. Damn. Yeah. Fuck chimpanzees. <laughs> Moral of the story. Transition to current shoot. Staring out at nothing as his wife grabs his hat and puts it on. She uh, messages his. Uh, she, excuse me. She massages his hand to snap him back, um, asking if he's feeling good. He agrees that he's feeling good, and she puts the hat on him. She uh, tells him to run, run it b- back one more time. He takes a deep breath and begins. Quote, what if I told you, end quote, lucky. Angel is uh, putting a tarp on the cameras, letting OJ know that there's a storm coming. He notices the flyers for Jupe's show. He starts heading, heading out to go get his horse back. At the Star Lasso experience, the show is about to begin. Jupe comes out, thanking them all for coming and his family, mentioning that Mary Jo is also present, revealing that she survived the horrendous attack. He asks them if they are ready, not pumped up enough uh, from the crowd's reaction, so we ask louder. They give a more ample response, um, and I would like, also like to shout out his suit being the, the UFO, obviously on the back. Yeah, dope yeah. shit, dope shit. Um, which another thing that a lot of, that some people noticed, some people didn't, but in the poster, um, Jean Jacket is in his poster. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. On his poster. He's technically not wearing a hat. That's a jean jacket um, hovering over him about to suck him up. That's so funny. <laughs> I thought that was just fucking genius. Because uh, someone asked Jordan Peele, they was like, well, how come you didn't give jean jacket a, a, a poster? Like you revealed it in, in the trailer that it was a UFO. He was like, I did. And they're like, wait, when? He's like, what? I, I, I gave a jean jacket a poster with jupe. <laughs> so I thought that was great. Thought that, that was fantastic. Cool. Um, 
Ah, oh, man, so great. He takes in a deep breath, whispering that he's um, that he's chosen. <sighs> Once again, this whole shit about spectacle and looking for clout, right? Yep. Uh, then he begins his spiel that every Friday for six months they have bore witness to an absolute spectacle. He takes them back to the first night about him wrangling a horse named Trigger, swearing that it, that at six thirteen p.m. he saw a flying saucer through the clouds, and Trigger took off. Uh, into the gulch. He snaps his fingers. The curtain is removed from the horse's cage. He continues that it was 100% a flying saucer and they are being surveilled by an alien species he named the viewers. He believes that they trust him, joking that that uh, that they wouldn't be there right now if he if they didn't. Reiterating that in about an hour, the Star Lasso experience is going to change them. Up in the sky, the creature begins to roar overhead, someone in the audience asking if they see that. Jupe turns around, seeing that the air shoot out uh, from, from its hole. Uh, he instructs them all to stay in their seats as, as um, this is new. And Amber whispers into the mic that they are giving them a real show today. Jupe <laughs> agrees that they are, telling, him, uh, telling them to all... Or excuse me, telling them to open up the gate. He tries getting the horse to come out of the the cage, but Lucky Lucky won't budge. Amber chuckles for them to bear with them. The creature is gone from its spot and is now above them, chittering. Everyone begins uh, getting sucked up into the air as Jupe is one of the last. And I love how you can see the shadows of them all being sucked up in this whirlwind by this fucking I don't know thing. Being. yeah like it is magnificent and, it, and again they're all looking up they can't help but to they stare help they're not running they're nope. just they're in awe lost yeah it's a spectacle it's like exactly. looking at a car crash right mm-hmm. i mean you know you i would i did it tonight when i went to go pick up my microphone for this uh, podcast episode there's this truck leaving the gas station almost hit a car and i just i couldn't stare at it and the light was green for me <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. i was like i was like this is this is nope like <laughs> this is why nope exists because of us because of people <laughs> so yeah it's wild it's it's crazy that all these people got sucked up and even let's let's take in for example um uh Mary Jo, right? With Mary Jo, she got sucked up because her veil flew off her face when she looked up from mm-hmm. the wind. Yeah. So like it's oh, fuck, dude. I thought this was great. This was fantastic. This whole next sequence is one of my favorite moments of this whole movie. I would imagine, I bet. Like I, I, I was waiting for you to talk about the next sequence and talk about how much oh. you love it. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the view from inside the creature, which I loved as well. I thought this was great. I was I even was wondering, I was like, I'm wondering what it's doing in there. And I got to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um the group of people all being sucked into the hole, leaving us to stare at the eye of the creature before returning to everyone being swallowed alive. They are all screaming, sobbing, and gagging as they continue being digested upward. OJ heads to the empty park, noticing that a lot of the props are thrown around and there's a pig on the roof. He knows that the creature was there and decides to head out yonder. 
because that's the name of the sign. He <laughs> walks up towards the stands. Everything is thrown around on the ground. He hears Lucky neighing inside the cage. Looking around to make sure the power is still on and the coast is clear, he goes over to Lucky, smacking his lips rapidly. He calls for the, uh, the horse, but notices the creature flying rapidly through the clouds. The whistling noise continues overhead before everything uh, falls silent. A popping noise accompanied by people screaming over um, our overhead as he flies by. This is fucking great too. That popping noise, that goom, 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 goom. Like I thought that was, man, it sounded like a bridge was like breaking or something. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, like wires, like, I guess, I think, unwiring. I think what's great about it is, right, because you really need to create a new sequence of like noise and of the yeah. anatomy of this creature that just doesn't exist yet. It has to, it has to sound just weird to right. really like establish like this is something unknown right and, and the sound design really pulls it off this is exactly what you and i wanted from life yes the movie yes. like this is exactly what we wanted like we yes. you know like we both agree that we're tired of seeing things in our comfort zone right like like it has legs it has a snout it has a mouth like this 100% gave us what we what we were looking for <laughs> exactly <laughs> he moves back underneath shelter continuing to call lucky but it's coming back it, but it's not coming the saucer comes flying down sucking in as lucky bolts out of the box screams are heard as oj is flung to the top of the stands passing out later that night he's woken up by the rain hitting him he sees that lucky is safe back at the house angel lets him uh, lets him know that every everything has a, has a tarp on it Excuse me. He tells her uh, that he'll be back tomorrow to tear it, uh, to tear it off, or they can do it themselves. Uh, she expresses that she likes when he does it instead. <laughs> he leaves out um, that he will be there. He will see her tomorrow. OJ loads Lucky into the truck bed, calling M, but she doesn't pick up. Angel is back in the van, bumping sunglasses at night. Which, wow, I didn't expect that to turn so eerily. <laughs> M plays. Um, and plays one of her father's videos before answering the phone. OJ immediately tells her that he that um that he was right and that it isn't a ship. While Angel is driving his car, uh, while Angel is driving his car begins to shut down. Not understanding right away what's going on, he looks outside of his of his windshield. OJ continues sharing that it ate everyone and that it um it is an animal and it's territorial, thinking that it um that this is its home. The power cuts off. He yells for her as he tries making it back. Angel runs back into the house, grabbing a knife, telling M that they are in trouble, and he hides underneath the table. He could, uh, she continues looking outside the window before hearing screaming that moves overhead. The rain shifts to the point where it no longer is hitting the house. The people continue screaming as Angel asks multiple times who that is. She whispers that it is above them. The creature roars as the screams for help officially stop with one satisfying squish. After a deep grumbling noise, sounds of objects begin falling out of the sky. Keys, signs, and other inanimate objects that the creature can't digest all fall out of the sky with blood on them. The house rumbles as it becomes the house that bleeds. Everyone, bl Everyone's blood washes over the house as the lightning showcases the creature spitting blood on top 
of the house. <laughs> OJ gets close enough to see the creature rain blood on top of his home and for his car to shut down. Emma whimpers as the creature moves on top of OJ. Lucky neighs as the rain stops overhead. He slowly cracks the door, looking above to see the creature floating right on top of him as the lightning strikes. He closes the door with a nope as he waits in the car. <laughs> The creature continues roaring above as he continues waiting. And I love that he added this because a lot of people say in, in when it comes to horror films, oh, characters are dumb and blah, 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 blah. Well, this is why characters are dumb. Because it's fucking boring when they're smart. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, like this scene, for example, he just sits in his car. Yeah, and but it, it's refreshing because like you it is don't refreshing. get it a Very lot, refreshing. right? Um, Absolutely, I, I love the the blood spilling over the house. It's very Hitchcockian uh, so and fucking fantastic. And you can tell he did it just because he wanted to, right? Like he's Absolutely. like, I, I just imagine him saying, like, I want, I just wanted to have blood run all over this house just because the it house looks cool. Bleeds. Yep. It looked amazing. It was, and this, it's things like this where I'm just like, how can you not call this a horror film? Totally, like, yeah. Like, Especially after like, like watching this scene. Yeah, uh, like this scene was fucking horrific. All those people just like being stored in jean jackets, like like digestive system, just to be all like gutted at once. And yeah, man. And uh, going back to the, I wear my sunglasses at night, right? I I think Peel is. I love that every time we get a new movie, we get like a, a get song some, that's some slowed song. <laughs> down that just like is attached to the movie forever. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And he's really good at picking the music. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so fucking good. The bloody decoy crashes through the, uh, his window, barely missing him. The creature echoes and pops above. Um, OJ locks the door just to continue waiting. In the morning, everything finally comes back on. And, and it's crazy that this fucking creature stayed on top of them for that long. Yeah. Waking up, OJ, as he drives past Angel's distorted music blaring inside the, va the van. And it's crazy that it's still on top of them. And it's just like, it let up just enough mm -hmm. to let you know, like, like, I'm still fucking here. <laughs> Angel tells M that OJ is, com is coming and she's ready to get out of there not wanting to uh, be in the house any longer she tries to leave but Angel stops her explaining that they stayed alive because they stayed there OJ stops the car but everything is still distorted and not, ru and not running correctly he sneaks out of the car trying to trek across the field knowing that the creature is still waiting is still watching he opens the door to Angel's van wanting them to run out to him as they, uh, as they are running towards him the creature submerges from the sky oh fuck uh, he uh he has a flashback from uh from him telling buster to not look not look look at lucky in the eyes and how they turn the ball uh, on the horse he drops his head down not looking up at the creature still patting his leg for them to hurry up into the van the music officially plays normally as they all pile into the van getting the fuck out of there cuts <laughs> in, uh, them at angel's apartment fading to m and angel smoking while playing vr <laughs> <laughs> This is when the movie officially shifts, right? Yeah, like, it definitely uh, like, this does. Is, this is where, like, okay, this part is not horror. This is mm -hmm. all pretty much an adventure movie at this point. Yes. 
So I can I can get people understanding that portion for sure. Leaving OJ to think and, re- and consider their next move as he stares up at the sky. Cut to a news anchor talking um, talking about the forty people missing from Jupiter's claim. Antlers is lis- is uh, listening to it as he watches over his film of animals fighting. He pauses it uh, to listen more closely. Back to the Haywoods and Angel eating fried fish sandwiches. Okay. Um, <laughs> Angel and M are joking around as OJ brings up the creature not eating them um, if they don't look it in the eye. They stop eating, Angel telling him to read the room, Emma Green. <laughs> Outside the fast food joint, he explains that every animal has rules, them knowing uh, what it wants and how it comes. True. Angel doesn't uh, think they know it. They know it. Anything and wanting to know what this is all about, thinking that he wants her to say say that quote this this was dumb end quote. He disagrees that it isn't dumb, reiterating that she told him to quote own the moment end quote. She tells him to stop this. He continues that it, um, it was good and they don't own they don't own anything. Angel assumes that uh, they are crashing at his place because he doesn't plan on going back there. They ignore him. OJ commenting that um, that he has to feed the horses and let Lucky out. She responds that there's um, there's always some shit to do before walking off. Her phone dings. She checks it and and uh, is surprised by the message. Next day, OJ is back at the ranch to let Lucky out. M, OJ, and Angel walk over to meet Antlers. He greets them by mentioning the uh, mentioning the wheelchair that's on their roof, then explains that the cloud uh, that that particular cloud hasn't moved. Knowing that they aren't completely full of shit, she t- she thanks him. Angel bringing him um, that this uh, bringing up that this concept of animals um, in the sky isn't new. People trying to get pictures of them since the fifties. Interesting. Do you think it's I, referencing something specific? No. Okay. Um, I, I could. The only thing I could think of, and like, because I haven't heard of like creatures in the sky besides like the New Jersey Devil, um, Mothman, maybe. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really never have much that high up either. Right? Like, yeah. I don't. I don't really have much to bring to that. Um. I, I also don't really care for cryptics. Like I don't, I don't really care too much about that. I used to be super into that stuff as a kid, but like now I'm just like, whatever. I, f- <laughs> I find them kind of lame, but whatever. Um, Antlers wonders uh, how they how they see it. OJ mentions that he'll get hungry again. Back inside the house, he goes over the uh, goes over what the creature doesn't like: the metal horse with flags possibly getting stuck in its windpipes, knowing it won't mess the, with the flags for a while. M comments that they uh, they pissed it off. He knows that they aren't the reason why it settled down there, it being because of Jupe. Him getting caught trying to tame a predator, needing to enter an agreement with an, uh, with excuse me, him um, needing to enter an agreement with it in order to do that. Antlers agrees, mentioned in Seafried um, and Roy. I mean, that's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. Which one died? Was it Siegfried? Was it Siegfried? Siegfried or Freud? I'm not sure. I, th- I think Siegfried was the one that died. I can't remember, but 
Anyway, um, Angel asks, uh, how, how do you create an agreement with, with whatever you call this creature? OJ calls it Jean Jacket. Andlers re- recommends that they give it some horses uh, at Golden Hour and see what happens. Angel denies, reminding him that he's talking to horse people. Antlers wonders why they, <laughs> they can't set them free. OJ shuts it down. He questions who's going to go down there and get Jean Jacket. OJ will do it asking uh, where he will, will want him. Antlers uses one of the of the records and a Monopoly piece on a topographic map. He'll stay on the ridge as OJ brings Jean Jacket out nearby. He pulls out a cranking camera, sharing that he made it himself, it not needing any electricity. Em is stoked, knowing that that's how Antlers... Um, was going to get down. OJ and, and her give the most um, satisfying sibling aggressive black high five I haven't done in years. But damn, <laughs> that was nostalgic. <laughs> that was nostalgic. Oh my God. Uh, there was a, a directorial table thing uh, that I, I forget who does these. I, I think it's like variety or some shit whatever it's one of those outlets that does these like director uh sit downs director actor sit downs where they just bring a bunch of people and they sit down and talk about it talk about just directing in, in hollywood in general but there was one with jordan peele and someone asked him they're like like what was the reference of the hand thing of the, the high five thing he's like what he's like what <laughs> he's like what was the reference of that and he's like, oh man, that's just a black thing. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just what we do. <laughs> uh, they continue using their, their pieces of the map. OJ, um, OJ, the cowboy piece, knowing that he'll be able to bring out Jean Jacket, explaining that it's, it's just an animal. You're not looking at, at them unless you want attention. Um, M is watching, is, Emma's watching uh, a car lot with a bunch of tube men all deflating at the same time. Angel is top hat, um, placing this next to Antlers uh, to assist him. OJ continues that they may they may have only two days because the word is the word is starting to get out. Knowing uh, knowing that people are going to try and take it all to. Um, to themselves they take the batteries from the cars of at jupiter's claims m is in uh m is the thimble placing her her piece on the map she she gets she gets to work on stitching the tube men her and oj training lucky to get used to the tube men he he mentions he mentions to let the, the onlookers come because what they what they are about to do is something that they won't be able to erase knowing that jean jacket is big bad and has a, a lot of spirit but anything with spirit can be broken. Antlers tells him to break uh, to break while he gets to shot. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This was a let's go moment for sure. It was. <laughs> Later that night, Angel questions about the morals behind this, thinking they can save lives and in, in the earth. They nonchalantly agree. Antlers um uh excuse me. Antlers starts speaking starts speaking the lyrics of a song, quote, well, it came down to the earth and it hid and it hid in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, don't eat me. Well, he looked at me in, in a voice so gruff. He said, I wouldn't eat you because you're too tough. He was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. End quote. He repeats it as he as we get a quick look at their coordinates on the map. The next day they are um they have their walkies. Uh, with their monikers, OJ gets strapped up, throwing on his uh, Scorpion King crew hoodie with some eyes with some eyes on the hood. Man, this was fucking great. It was. 
man. Like the way that everything was just being set up, I was like, damn, dude, this is like Ocean Eleven. Shit, crazy. also, yeah, like it has that <laughs> hype moment, right? But also, like, yeah. like think about it, like they're gonna, they're gonna like out maneuver the thing that took out their dad and he's like right. we learned earlier that scorpion king is the first shoot that his dad took him out on so their sentimental values like his dad is with him as he puts on like this hoodie from that memory and it's like it's like a spiritual set of armor you know that is it's imbued with his dad's energy because of the memories from that yeah absolutely and it matches with uh with the aspect of him naming it Jean Jacket, because Jean Jacket was a horse that they took to uh, Scorpion King. Exactly, yeah. So it's and, just like everything's a correlation to back to his father. Yeah, and it brings it, like, I feel like when he was like, we call it Jean Jacket, like, he did that for M. It's like, absolutely. Yo, like, you didn't get this to train yours. your horse, your but shot. yeah, this is going to be your moment, and you're going to be a part yep. of this. Absolutely. He puts on a um, he puts on a mask over Lucky's face as well. Antlers is getting things set up. Angel dinging the bell on the porch, getting startled by it. It waking up M because it's go time. Jean jacket. Antlers and Angel are in position. Antlers pops some pills. Angel acts as if as if just did. Excuse me. Angel acts as if he just didn't see see uh, while setting up the camera. M starts the music over the record. Angel starts up the tube men. Antlers chuckles, uh, uh, chuckling as it's called this exquisitely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. He begins crack, cranking his camera as they all start up. OJ is in position as M comes down and uh, he heads out. She goes inside the camera room ready to get this fucking thing started. She asks where the uh, where the feed is as Antler's um, for Antler's camera. Angel answers that they couldn't uh, figure it out because he's shooting on a film camera as um, everything else is, is digital. She knows she's not accepting that, thinking that they just forgot about it. <laughs> he agrees that he was too busy before apologizing, um, excusing that he's just scared. Because <laughs> we'll go, excuse me for not doing that. <laughs> oh, man. OJ speaks that they uh, have one down in the gulch. Antlers tells him uh, to stay on it as he's going to continue shooting upward. The tube man pops back up, Angel considering to be a, a thoughtful battery. OJ uh, knows that Jean Jacket is poking in, poking in. Meanwhile, someone pulls up on an electric motorcycle. M goes out there asking if she can help him. The biker has a chrome helmet um, on and is filming up in the sky, asking her if she sees that sees that cloud. Fuck. My heart sank for them. She's uh, she sees she sees. Excuse me. She asks him who's he's who he's with. He asks her uh, her who she is. She responds that she's nobody, but she's but he's not buying it. I would have just been like, uh, I own this house, and you're you're on private property right now. I'm gonna need you to leave. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I when the the bike rider gets introduced. I think mm-hmm. to myself, well, this is a solidifying moment where I'm like, the, the tone of the movie has shifted. And 100%. for those that haven't gotten it yet, it's like, look at this ridiculous character that you're about to to meet and see how they respond to all of this. Mm-hmm. This is like your last chance to get on top of the message that we're trying to like spout here. Exactly. Like it was at this point where I was in the theater and I was just thinking like, if everyone is still confused at this point, then this movie's not for them. Yeah. 
Because it's like, like I, I, at this point, it was like, this is now loud and clear messaging, like get out, like us, of what the message is about at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I, I just feel like if, if no one got it by this point, um, this movie just probably wasn't for them. Um, or if they did get it at this point, then they were still just like, mm, like, I feel like this could have been worked out better or something, whatever. Sure. But at the, at this point in time, like I, I was looking around my theater at this point and I just saw everyone fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> she lies that uh, they are doing a camera test for a Verizon commercial and she's going to need him to clear, uh, clear the road. He explains that this area is blurry on Google Maps. She brings up Jupiter's claim and that it's quicker if he goes um, the other way around. He brings another camera pointing it at... Uh, brings out another camera pointing it at her asking her about what happened with uh, Jupe Park and everyone else questioning if uh, they vanished and that she doesn't believe in the flood narrative um, she calls She calls back on Walkie, letting, letting them know that it's TMZ. Angel shares that Jean Jacket is starting to submerge out of the clouds. The reporter asks her if she uh, wants to be on TV. She lets him know that uh, he doesn't want to uh, go down this road. He says, fuck it, and shoots down the road anyway. OJ moves out of his way. <laughs> she runs back to the monitors, letting them know that uh, it it is coming out. Angel throws out a fun pop quiz question on what happens when an electric bike going 60 miles per hour is about to hit an anti-electrical field <laughs> going the opposite direction. <laughs> My God. I loved his little scream. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The first time I watched it, I thought it was the bike that was making that noise. I thought so too. Yeah, uh, it, I honestly, I, I, and this was my third time watching it as well, and I didn't know it was the biker until this watch through because I watched it with subtitles this time yeah, as same well. Here. And I was like, "Oh, he screamed!" I thought it was the screech <laughs> of the bike. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't same. know that. The, uh, oh my god! The camera dies, and so does the tube man, which then flings the biker off his bike, causing him to scream. Angel comments about him not being alive after that. Then the biker begins to scream in pain. M reiterating that she told him not to go. OJ goes over to him. Everyone else wondering what he's doing. M is trying to talk, uh, talk to him, but he's going dark as he slowly approaches the biker, making making sure that making sure that Jean Jacket is too is too close above. Um, the biker is fucked up, and I mean fucked up. But yeah, he all is. he cares about is if he got that on camera. And like, come on, y'all! Like, they're like yeah. by this point, it's being spoon fed. OJ mm-hmm. tells uh, tells him to uh, look at him, wanting him, to, wanting to get him out of there. He wonders where the camera is, commenting that he needs his camera, wondering if he sees it. Antler's film uh, film ran out. He calls Angel to uh, to help him reload it. He quickly puts the film in the tent. Back with uh, back with OJ, the biker, wondering where his phone is and why he isn't filming it, filming this. The power comes back on. He hops off his hops off his horse telling the biker to shut his eyes but he wants him to take a picture before lifting him oh my fucking god i would have left him i would have left him like fuck you i'm out uh he ignores it and continues picking up the screaming man angel finally reloads the camera for for antlers as the power goes back out this time more intense while oj is helping the biker he notices jean jacket in the reflection on it of his helmet deciding to leave leave the man as he yells that he needs his camera before being sucked inside antlers doesn't get the shot m yells for oj wanting him to to answer her 
he doesn't have time to answer answer her as as the power sh- shuts back off around him. The rider continues screaming inside Jean Jacket as it hovers over OJ, stopping the man's scream after crushing him. It starts talking. Uh, it starts taking some of the tube man as OJ throws his hood on and runs the other direction. Jean Jacket chases after him as as he has Lucky move faster. The saucer gets closer to the ground, allowing OJ to release the flags, causing Jean Jacket to be to get spooked and veer to the left. He uh, he hops off the horse and diving into a stable. Everyone is stoked except for Antlers. M believes that they got, that they got it, even though the feed went out on their end, thinking that uh, that they should have gotten it from the film camera. She asks Antlers if he got it. He comments about the lighting, claiming that it'll be magic soon. They don't understand what he means. <laughs> mm. A lot to like pick apart here, but like we're now really starting to get an actual sense and look at this creature. Like we could see that the ripple of the skin of the creature and everything, like it's a very organic creature. And yes. God damn, man, who thinks of this? <laughs> right? Like, this was the weirdest movie to probably come out of 2022. Definitely. And for Jordan Peele to release this movie and have it be a success fucking gives probably gives a lot of people hope for a lot of the weird films that are probably going to be coming out very, very soon. I mean, we get a fucking cocaine bear movie soon. Damn. And yeah. like, I, I think, come I think. On. <laughs> Jordan Peele, like very much like I opened at the beginning of the episode, was you know he wanted to he make this, this movie, movie for himself, for himself yeah. and I think he was like, now's the time to do it, right? Like I have two movies under my belt that have been very successful. Like people will be interested in this, and and hopefully, you know, because I'm making something, I would imagine that is genuinely what he just wants to make that people will gravitate towards it and enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. Antlers grabs a smaller camera rig. Angel doesn't know what's going on. He tells Angel that it'll be all right, but they don't deserve the impossible. Fuck. This whole aspect of him like sacrificing himself is amazing. And I'm it's, about to explain exactly why this is amazing very okay. soon. <laughs> all right, all right. Angel shares this into the walkies. M and OJ call out to him to hold on, wondering what happened with the shot. He doesn't answer them. Instead, he 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 comes out of hiding, looking directly into the sky with his camera. He begins as Jean Jacket comes back for him. His yells are strained as he films himself being picked up off the ground by Jean Jacket. He starts com- um, coming for Angel next but he's saved by a tarp wrapping around him and causing him to fall down. He gets, he goes after M. She runs back inside the office. Jean Jacket sucks through the building with ease. Kind of reminded me of Jurassic Park here. She makes a run for it, um, being, uh, she makes a run for it, being sucked into the air and going unconscious. It flies back off. All right, let's talk about this really quick. About how amazing this is for antlers. Yeah. <clears throat> to me, I, I'll put in my two cents and then because it sounds like you have yes, a lot that you want to say. You know, I think he's the representation that like it's always been there, that desire to to be the first to accomplish something amazing and to have your name etched in the stone, right? Like the Absolutely. history of of what this great moment is. And um 
so much so that people are willing to die for it, right? And it, it's the desire for clout has always been there. And, Absolutely. You know, he, he represents that old school back in the time before, um, technology is so advanced that it's just at our fingertips and so widespread. And it's not an emergence of social media and us being connected through the internet all the time. It's, it's as humans, we've always had that drive. Yes. And he represents Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I agree with that too, for sure. Cause I, I think you're right spot on where he, he, he is encompassing this, right? Like this is something that he, he definitely is, uh, uh, is, uh, insinuating, right? Yeah. Um, but speaking to it as a, more of a, his, I guess, a historical type of film sense, right? A film historical sense. Um, he is the sacrificial white character. Oh, yeah. We usually have the sacrificial black character. Yeah. He did not have to die. There was no reason for him to die, yet he sacrificed himself for sacrificial sake. Mm-hmm. Usually it's sacrifice yourself so everyone else could live. It, that was it. <laughs> that was the, that was it and I was I started laughing in the theater on that moment it definitely got some looks because I was like yeah no one understands <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but that's exactly what he is <laughs> yeah, and I point. thought that was a, a great nod whereas like Jordan Peele just saying like I got y'all like, <laughs> <laughs> Angel starts wrapping himself around the tarp with the barbed wire Emma wakes back up as debris is falling out of the sky. Jean Jacket comes back for Angel as she, as he tries wrapping himself faster. He um he tries to grab a hold of of the two man but misses. The barbed wire is enough to keep him uh keep him grounded as it pulls some of the uh, the stakes out of the ground. Emma is walking across the field. Excuse me. Trying to convince herself uh, not to look at uh, look at Jean Jacket transform into its true and final form. Which, what the fuck? Yeah, very deep sea creature. Like, yeah, deep sea creature, angelic, mm-hmm. air balloon. What the fuck are we looking at here? This is amazing. This yeah. is amazing. OJ spots Emma yelling for uh, for her to get the bike and to get out of there. She notices the creature changing as she continues limping toward the bike. He looks over at Lucky limping over over to the horse. She uh, makes it to the bike using all her might to pick it up and start it. Jean Jacket watches her um, with it shifting shifting its square eye, which is just like a camera lens, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> shifting it in the way that it moves and how how weird it is man the power goes the power around her goes out oj whistles for jean jacket the creature shifting and moving its eye uh, to look at him instead it begins following him as he t- tries luring it away before it it's his uh excuse me it begins following him as he tries luring it away from his little sister she yells for uh for him to leave and forget it which causes the creature to look back she sheds a tear as he conti- as he gives her a gesture of i see you and she repeats it back to him he immediately uh looks up at jean jacket causing it to look look back at him expanding its pulsating eye 
and I love this. It's like a fucking peacock. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it causes you to want to look at it. He continues moving back um, as Jean Jacket follows him. She yells for him to come on. Jean Jacket gurgles and growls as it looks back at her, but she starts the bike and heads out. She drives as fast as she, as she can as Jean Jacket chases her. She makes it to Jupiter's claim, sliding into the uh, into that amazing fucking Akira stop, waiting oh, for Jean Jacket out. to appear. Here, <laughs> I had I'm to. Glad. Yeah, I was gonna do it if you didn't. <laughs> she releases all all of the stakes for the large jupe shaped balloon. Realizing where she's standing, she grabs some tokens and put them put them into the crank camera into the crank camera well she waits a moment before spinning the crank not getting the shot at first jean jacket follows the balloon up chittering as it continues flashing its eye m tries again and again on the machine until she finally gets the shot as soon as jean jacket takes the balloon trying to swallow it but it pops inside of the creature causing it to explode m yells that nobody fucks with the haywoods as it ripples into (laughs) out of the sky the power all comes back on as she finally has a moment to rest. The final image spits out of the well. She notices the camera camera news crew piling on in. She gets up, noticing her brother standing in dust underneath the out yonder side, concluding with the final shot of Jean Jacket in the sky. Then, credits. Fuck, this fucking movie is so good, dude. I want to ask you, so God when damn. OJ was out in the distance on the horse... Yeah. Did you think that was his ghost? Did you think he was just okay? When he looked up at Jean Jacket, did you think the first time it got him? That like it got him? Uh, nah, I think that was him. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I, 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 I never had the thought that he got swept up. I never thought that was a ghost. I was like, he made it. Of course he did, right? Yeah. But yeah. Like, I, I, feel, I, I feel like he did. I feel like he did for sure. Like, yeah. um, like... I feel like that played out perfectly because it it did this ping pong thing to yep. allow her her that motorcycle to get enough energy for her to finally fucking take off. Yeah, um, I, I would implore you. Oh, go on. Perfect. I would oh, implore no, you to next time watch that same scene, but tell yourself that oh, it got OJ, and think about like how how beautiful that sacrifice can look. I think cool. he made it, but like I think he yeah. made it. As well, I, but I, I get what you're saying for sure. I think there's people out there that think that like that was OJ's ghost and all that. And uh but yeah, I love this movie. It's uh I loved watching it this time so around. It good. finally fully like set in for me and um I I this is another Jordan Pill film Fucking that I want to just keep watching <laughs> over and over. Yeah, totally. Absolute banger. And I, I love that like people don't like I love that this one's so metaphorical. Yeah, to the point where people are just like, nah, I don't, I don't I, like, I don't like it because it's metaphorical or like it, it's too metaphorical or whatever. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. Like, I this movie makes you fucking think. It makes you have a conversation. It 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 does everything right, in my opinion, to to allow uh, to allow it to be a spectacle. So I have to agree. Damn, man. Whew, this movie, man. But man, I got some motherfucking movie facts. Let's hit. Movie facts. 
And sorry that I didn't have movie facts for the last time. My ADHD was on full drive. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bad. I, I genuinely just forgot. I thought I did it, and I didn't do it. That was my bad. Anyway, for the movie facts we're here, Kiki Palmer's introductory scene in which Emerald delivers her energetic and fast-talking monologue about her family history during a safety ma- meeting on the set of a film shoot took 14 takes to shoot. Jordan Peele described yeah. each one as very wildly different. Oh, dang. I wish we could see all those takes. Me too. God. Uh, Jordan Peele cites King Kong, Jurassic Park, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Signs, The Wizard of Oz, as influences on the film. He considers these films as examples of addiction to spectacle, a major theme in the film. That makes total fucking sense. It really does. Um, despite being featured uh, prominently, Fry's Electronics closed all its locations on February 24th, 2021, prior to the film's production. The film shot in Burbank's California location and recreated the interior. Hmm. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know they like, like actually like, so they went into the old Fry's location and just redid it. Yeah. And they just recreated it. Whoa. That's cool. (laughs) That's actually pretty cool. Um, Steven Young's character Jupe has a large pair of metal scissors on his desk, which are the same scissors prominently featured in Jordan Peele's previous film, Us. Mm. <laughs> um, Jordan Peele said he wrote the scrot, the scrot, <laughs> I was like, What's uh, the scrot? script. What's a scrot? A scrotum? Oh no! <laughs> Jordan Peele uh, said he wrote the script at uh, at a time when when we were a little bit worried about the future of cinema. So the first thing I knew is I wanted to create a spectacle. I wanted to create something that the audience would have to come see. End quote. Fuck. Do you think it accomplished that? I do. I th- okay. I'd say one hundred and forty one million dollars is is enough. Good point. <laughs> uh, this is the first horror film to be filmed with IMAX cameras. What? Whoa. IMAX cameras? It wasn't filmed with IMAX? I thought it was filmed in IMAX. Wow, I guess not. Wow, pretty cool. Emerald and OJ respectively wear green and orange. OJ for orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick that up, but that's funny. Uh, that is funny. Okay, I'll, I'll accept it. Whatever. Um, we'll end with this one right here. Uh, when Jupe is first describing the Gordy attack, he tells OJ and Emerald that it lasted six minutes and 13 seconds. Later, oh, fuck. How did I not catch this? Later, when doing the show at the Star Lasso, he said that he first saw the alien six months ago at 6.13. Oh, whoa. I love stuff like that. <laughs> Me fucking too. You know what? I'll do one more. The ID FE1111 appears on Angel's truck. FE stands for Fry's Electronics. Jeremiah 1111 is notable reference in Jordan Peele's previous film, Us. It says, Ooh. therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen. It's a good Fuck. Easter egg. Yeah, this this motherfucker too. <laughs> he is so goddamn good. God damn it, man! But please keep this conversation going because I definitely want to keep talking about. Nope, you can keep this conversation going either on our Twitter at Nightlight underscore Pod. Or you can head over to our Discord, which is inside of our show notes, and chat with us there so we can talk more about this fucking movie because I can talk about it all goddamn day. (laughs) This movie is so goddamn fun. But anyway, next month, 
we are going to be having a brand new month for the month of March, specifically to fall in line with possession horror films. And That's this my month. month, this is your month, and this is more traditional to your month. The last one we had was Forgive Me, Father. This one is Somebody Call a Priest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> kicking this movie off is, or kicking off this month is going to be The Possession, which I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> but. This was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Night. Alongside me, we had David. Stay spooky, everyone. Always and forever, also known as Nightly. With your help, we can reach more ghoulish nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, consider us giving five stars because it honestly does help us out to be appear for more folks. For extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.